The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We will return now, though, to the appearance of RTE Senior Management for an Oireachtas Media Committee today. Uh, we're going to speak to a member of that committee in just a moment. But right now, Emma O'Kelly is with me, who is chair of the National Union of Journalists Dublin Broadcasting Branch. Um, Emma, you're very welcome to the show and it's it's good to talk to you again. Um, I mean, before we get to today, I mean, this is the week that we learned about this 10% pay hike slash pay restoration for senior executives in RTE yesterday. We learned some of the detail that would be discussed today, which included kind of car allowances of up to €25,000 when the lowest paid salaried staff in RTE are only paid €25,000. And then uh, today, a kind of uh, 80 grand being paid for a, a photographer to take, I think, 16 photos a week on Fair City. And then and Kevin Backhurst acknowledging that if they wanted a voluntary redundancy scheme, they couldn't even afford to implement it. From the point of view of you and your colleagues, the working men and women of RTE, What's your assessment of everything you've heard? Well, Kieran, like we, as you say, we've heard all that in recent days, and then today becomes the the the, the sort of the big news um, around a recruitment freeze um, and news that spending is going to be stopped on items that will impact directly on our coverage and on our investment in equipment, and that is the tangible stuff. Uh, that will directly impact on workers in RTE. And that's what people are reeling from today. And staff in RTE are saying that once again, it seems like the ordinary workers are going to be bearing the brunt uh, when we didn't cause this problem. Um, The other people who will be bearing the brunt, of course, are the Irish public, because we've been told today uh, that, that, that spending will be curtailed that will impact on our coverage. Um, and impact also on investment in equipment, which does does likewise. And for example, in an area where many of our NUJ members work the newsroom, uh, we have been desperately short-staffed for a very long time now. We can't get to cover stories because we don't have the staff to send sometimes. Uh, We've been promised uh, new reporters uh, are being recruited. We're wondering, well, what happens to them? Is that now not going to happen in terms of resources? Again, RTE News currently have no studio in Athlone, and that is the heart of the country uh, where we have no studio and that of course curtails the the service we can give Mm. to our our public. So again, staff in RTE are are pointing to the fact that this crisis, the the immediate crisis has arisen because of governance in RTE, because of very bad profligate profligate and serious um, sorry, decisions made at the very top of the organisation, but we're paying the price. Yeah, because I I think in a lot of people's minds, uh, Emma, what's emerging is kind of two RTEs. I mean, because there's there's all the story of largesse and and on this show yesterday we were talking about, you know, private members clubs in London that we were told were necessary because of how lucrative the UK market was and it turns out said members club that Prince Harry's also a member of was only used twice and never actually used for a meeting. Meanwhile, a London correspondent is filing stories from toilet cubicles, uh, you know, and, 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 and at the same time uh, today, you know, we learned that there are mixing desks in studios in RTE that can't afford to be upgraded. And you're telling us that the newsroom is already short staffed and, and one would wager that problem is going to get more acute with a recruitment embargo because the effect of a recruitment embargo over time is that staff numbers dwindle. 
Yes, and that tale of two RTEs goes back a very long time, Kieran. We've been complaining about this for a long, long time. And the ultimate reason uh, for that tale of two RTEs goes to governments. It goes to the fact that for for, I mean, decades at this stage, successive governments haven't faced up to the challenge of how do you fund public service broadcasting? And we've heard the Taoiseach just recently at the Fianna Fáil thinking, we've heard politicians right throughout the summer uh, talking about how much they value public service broadcasting or public service media. And if you value it, you need to fund it and you need to pay for it. And that is, is the deeper crisis uh, that lies beneath the immediate crisis. Um, and, and in a way, the, the action or the inaction by successive governments is what drove RTE into the arms of commercial interests, car manufacturers, etc. And then, of course, we know that in the arms of those commercial interests, uh, they, they moved to to cover up their embarrassment by making it secretive. And uh, so this is a this is a crisis that was was brewing for a very long time. And ultimately, it goes to governments and to a government being prepared to to make a decision on how to 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 really value public service broadcasting and and the whole ecosystem that feeds into RTE as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about the arts, we're talking about the independent sector, we're talking about creative people in a whole, you know, a whole swathe of industries who who, who rely on RTE and public service media um, to fund the kind of brilliant creative uh, work that they do. Do you suspect that we will ultimately end up with a very different version of RTE than we've been used to? You know, there's talk about... You know, even geographically, moving the whole uh, kit and caboodle. I think Kieran Cannon was talking about Galway uh, today, but certainly uh, out so somewhere to the peripheries uh, of Dublin. Uh, there's a lot of talk of the so-called publisher model or the Channel Four model, and um, you know that, that there's lots of things have been put on the table. Yeah, well, look, we really want to see a different kind of RTE, but but then it, 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 you talk about what kind of a different RTE do you want? And again, this goes back to the culture that needs transforming. Um, and we're not seeing it. We're not seeing it today, for example. We haven't seen it all week. I mean, people, colleagues are saying, well, look, there's a freeze on recruitment. There's a freeze on the kind of spending that will, will affect us and the public. But they're saying, well, where is the freeze on these hefty car allowances, for example? One colleague, just messaging me there saying that they should be done away with now you know so so yes we want change we want a different kind of RTE uh, but but you know moving RTE doesn't necessarily uh, change make that cultural shift mm. on the on the moving it I mean you know personally I've no attachment particularly to the campus but I, I listened a lot during the the, the the hearing this afternoon to talk of moving it and I wonder to what degree is that a red herring because very few people seem to be factoring in if you sell off land, if you move or to you, you need to move it somewhere and you need to put in new studios and you need to invest. Mm. So I'm not so sure that it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but, but but what we need is a cultural change. And, you know, a cultural change doesn't have to cost that much money. Yeah, I, I guess on the moving front, if, if you're looking for an equivalent site with the equivalent resources, you, you probably wouldn't make much money on the, 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 the whole process. You might make money on it. Uh, if what you were to establish wasn't equivalent, if it was an awful lot smaller. But again, um, it, it's maybe something of a, of a red herring. There are possibly lower hanging fruit uh, that, that uh, could be gone after. Um, are, are you and your colleagues 
confident with the noises coming from the new leadership, from Kevin Backhurst, that he is at least taking your concerns seriously? Look, we we completely appreciate that Kevin Backhurst is eight weeks in the job. Uh, Kevin Backhurst has a mountain to climb. Um, we absolutely, you know, accept his bona fides completely. Um, we're waiting. We don't see signs of this cultural change that we want as yet. Uh, there was a lot of talk um, at the committee hearing of openness and transparency. We don't see signs of that yet. We're waiting. We're hopeful. Um, so, so you know, our jury is out on that. And but we're, we're supportive of all efforts. But again, I'll go back to to saying, you know, we don't want ordinary workers to have to bear the brunt of a crisis that is completely not of their making. And we would also say to governments, you know, help us here. The, the deeper and the most fundamental mm. crisis here is a crisis in, in funding that goes much deeper and is in a way part of the cause of the immediate crisis we're facing in terms of what, happened, what the revelations over the summer. Emma O'Kelly, Chair of the National Union of Journalists, Dublin Broadcasting Branch. Thank you very much for speaking to us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.